Now this is a, this is amazing space actually, dude. Thank yeah. You. But it was it something that you were going to um Can you hear okay? Mm -hmm. Does it sound pretty good? Mm -hmm. Suggested donation. Is it something that you think, did you do this as your last place as far as just putting in the inspiration and all that craziness? Um, oh, yeah. Every, every studio has been pretty much the same. Like the room was just tore up, turned into a, into a space that was covered in, in inspiration and photographs and shit line in all the corners. And it just every time I pack up, I even pack up every individual inspiration, take it <laughs> with me, put it up in the next one. Really? Do you have to acquire a ton of new stuff in each new space or you kind of just fill it I out? I think it with... slowly fills up. Yeah. You know, I've never walked into a space and be like, gosh, I need to now have stuff. It's just, I just need an easel and a computer. I mean, like the one time when I, when we got kicked out of the, the safe house and the, yeah. or law it technically uh and i had to move into a one-bedroom apartment i just like all i needed was an easel and a, and a monitor and a place to paint and it was all i needed it wasn't yeah, what, what i you, wanted but yeah. you know you can get through with it it's just nicer to have a space that reflects my mentality like my studio upstairs it really feels that when you were walking around the house when you're showing us the house that it 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 felt like your personality well so knowing your paintings it's knowing like paintings. it's like walking into your paintings yeah i'm always worried people are gonna like once they see enough of my paintings like yeah that, cou that couch is in every single one of his paintings but <laughs> like i walk by it every day so maybe it's just something in my head you have a lot of couches here. i have too many couches <laughs> i have too many dresses that you know i have way too much you know she lucked out on but way too many couches and it's just a you don't want to get to that point in your life where like god I'm, I'm tired of the seventh couch we should get a different one yeah. but you know the only reason i have them was just because they were good they fit the props that I needed to get the the look I wanted in the painting. So a lot of research to find the right couch. I don't even use them for what they're used for. They're more do, like a prop. Do yeah. they like fill out a need that you already like have identified? Or do you like come across some old couch and you're like, that's the one? Mm, usually. That, usually so, it's I'm looking for a, a theme, a color or something unique. And it's when I, when I, when I find it, mm -hmm. that's just like, oh, well, that's it. So, so it's more like an idea or a mood or a color. Mm -hmm. So you do st you start with something, some sort of like an idea, some mood that you want to go mm. with for a painting, and then you're starting or a series of paintings, and you're starting to uh, fill that out, or no? Not really. Like it's oh, yeah. just whatever the mood is is this cloud in my head, and you know, it's <laughs> sort of like my studio is just this hodgepodge of everything everywhere mm -hmm. that, in a sense, all together sort of looks like one of my paintings, like you said, like the house yeah. looks like my. So I think it's just. I know things I'm after that I want to show mood and, uh, uh, you know, like technical things like light and form and composition that I, that can give me a guideline for when I look for how to start a painting, but it's usually just something in my head. You just have some feeling that you're usually, going with. Yeah. And which is, which is painful when I can't come up with an idea. It's like, I should be able to just come up with an idea and I can't. So I just sort of have to just sit in the mire and wonder what's wrong with me. <laughs> do you have like a backlog of stuff that you know you're constantly working through while i mean because i can imagine i don't know if i had an idea for something and then i found a couch it'd be like two weeks before <laughs> that couch is set up and i'm painting so what do you do for the two weeks yeah i mean i'm always working on setting up the next thing 
months wall, down the road. Right, yeah. yeah, and I have a backlog of, of images that I want to work on and paint and create, and then the photography that's going on on the other side, and then the you know the making of the cameras. Everything's sort of going on together. To f- like the the figure painting and the cityscape painting can balance each other out in the times while I'm looking to do a, a figure painting. I can, but I don't have the model or the idea or the props or the dress. I can work on cityscape paintings right. to get some of that aggression out. Yeah. But when I haven't <laughs> been traveling to cities and taking references, I can work on the figure paintings the other times. Mm-hmm. You were mentioning you said um, that you were making the cameras, and probably people are like, "What do you mean making the cameras?" Yeah, I have to say, looking at the cameras, it's like it's pretty amazing. Like you seem like you've kind of almost like like dissected a camera, figured out all the parts, and then you're able to kind of you know like kids with Legos, like they start building the building that's on Mm -hmm. the box, and then all of a sudden it becomes like totally different things, and it seems like you're doing that with cameras. I I just, I love to to figure stuff out by ripping it apart and putting it back together, Mm -hmm. so I'll fix anything in my house or anything I need to to get it working again, in the same way that I like doing my paintings, I want to figure it out, so I want to know everything so that I can choose what I want, but like the cameras came from... You know, the slow idea of wanting to get rid of digital imagery in my references and in my life and working on the uh, buying all these antique film cameras and developing them in my basement, which would then give me accidental marks and mistakes that would somehow I would fall in love with and they would transfer subconsciously into my paintings. And so I was I wanted to I would then is inspired by finding this uh, Polish artist who acted as a. I mean, not acted. He basically was a homeless man living in, in a really terrible place, but he would make his own cameras out of nothing, out of cardboard. Yeah. He, he went to art oh, school, yeah. and then he just built them out of cardboard, and he sanded plastic down with cigarette butts and uh, or cigarette ashes and toothpaste and made lenses and just walked around. People thought he was homeless, but he was actually taking – he just set up – he. A hundred like, shots a day. Yeah, like secret shots of people to really get them when they're not expecting. Yeah, because they didn't it. know he was actually shooting them. Yeah. And yeah. But the images that came out of those cameras that he made was the thing that, like, I fell in love with them because they were almost beyond a messed up film image. Yeah. And so I started looking into the, the Polaroid images um, because those were things that I wanted to work with in the future. And I just took uh, cigar boxes and wine boxes, ripped the lenses off the antique cameras that I was using. That you can get for pretty cheap. On eBay, because nobody knows how to use them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Nobody cares about those cameras anymore, yeah. but they make so much more beautiful images than your $2,000, $5,000 digital camera. And some of the, the glass that they put into some of those old lenses are really amazing. Oh, yeah. And really? they were made... Qual- I mean, like the cameras that I'm buying for like $5 on eBay at the time were selling for like $200. Then. And then, and that was like a two thousand dollar camera. Now, now. Yeah. you were showing us some of the pictures that you're taking with those cameras, mm-hmm. and there's they're kind of like um, blind spots in that, like it, it doesn't it focuses on an area, but the other areas, just the way your vision works, mm-hmm. kind of seem to recede or get fuzzy. And there's kind of an organic quality to them. Is that like were you working with digital and? Kind of getting frustrated with too yeah. much information and, and I had too to much do clarity. so much post production to the digital images to get it to look like life or to get it to look like how I wanted to paint it. Which, like, when I'm looking at you, I can I can see he's there, but I can't yeah. actually see him. But you yeah. want to have that in a painting, but a digital gets both things All crystal clear, in- right? Yeah. Right. And the best reference is life, but we don't have time for that these days. So if I could just find a way to get it in the imagery, which the film cameras did that beautifully, they wiped out 
areas in Shadow which still had information, but it wasn't all crystal clear. Right. And the accidents that are making those blares and those glares and the, the light leaks and that are, I mean, sometimes they go right across a face, which you think is something you don't want to. It's like a mistake. A mistake. Like, like, I, I would that never, looks kind of nice. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Or it yeah. focuses your attention in a different place that you hadn't thought to mm-hmm. focus. It's that- sort of, it's like pushing, I pushed myself to make those cameras so that they would push back at me. Mm-hmm. And, and I would have to work on it and find new things with them. Do you feel that the actual images themselves started influencing you as much as the thing we were talking about, like life? Like you walk around, you see all the stuff around you, and it's like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. All of a sudden you take this photo and something that might be a mistake or something that you would never think of as far as the imagery happens, and all of a sudden that influences you as much as the original subject matter. Oh, Meaning, definitely. like... Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Does accidents. that happen a lot, or is that something that happens a lot now that you're willing to accept? It happens a lot, and I desire to accept it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to. You I'm want it. You're actually for searching them. for it because it—it's it, like if if I'm building these things and I'm making them, I'm doing, putting all this effort into getting my reference, and it pushes back with something like a like a weird streak or a hot spot, or or even something chemical that I was not aware of that was going to happen. Yeah. It forces me to if I like it how do I figure it out to do it again? Mm-hmm. And, then if, and then that goes into my paintings because I like it, so it should be in my paintings as right. well. Do you try to, do you try to reproduce it and, or, or to do it again? Meaning if there's something that's, you know, the happy accident or something, hmm. are you ever like, no, that was that point, that was that thing, I'm never going to try to re- chase it again. No, or you're like, I want to know how, I know how it happens. So back to the idea <laughs> yeah, of like yeah, yeah. tearing something apart. I want to know it all so I can control it. So control if I don't it. like it, I I know how to do it, and I don't have to do it ever again. It's so like when I didn't know how to when I didn't know how to paint realistically because I came from a very abstract bachelor's program. Uh, Where was that? Uh, South Southern Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they just let us do whatever we wanted with paint, and it was yeah. the best. I was <laughs> massive, poor paintings, and I had like large paintings with cement and rabbits dancing, <laughs> and painted with blood. One like it was weird, but when I graduated. I did not know how to paint. Like I, re- I didn't know how to paint a portrait, mm-hmm. which bugged me because I couldn't put it in my paintings because I didn't know how. So I right. went to. Get, but you desired it. I wanted to know it so that I could do it by choice. I wasn't doing it. If I didn't paint a portrait, it wasn't because I was, you incapable. know, in, incapable of doing it. It was because I chose not to. Right. So it's like when I when I started using all these new tools, I wanted to figure out how to use the rollers and the the windshield wipers and the scraper bars so well that I know how to use them at every point. And the same thing is happening with these accidents in the film. How do I do it? Sometimes I'll take a shot and then I'll know that one time I took a shot and the light was in a weird spot and it flared on the background. Yeah. So I would take a shot and then I would swing it up at the light real quick. Depending on the, what, what, the, um, what the F-stop was that you'll get completely different like smears or streaks or... Oh yeah, and, uh, and a lot of them... You know, that's why I built those cameras also is because instant Polaroid cameras, you can't set the exposure beyond plus one or minus one, which is yeah. ridiculous. So I, I, can, I can now do 30 minute or 30 second. I can even do 30 minute if I wanted Polaroid exposures or if these old film ones, which give images you cannot get in normal light. Yeah. And that's my favorite, like the, the twilight hour. When that light is coming, the colors are so good. And how uh, do you yeah. capture it? That was the only way I could figure it out. What's crazy is that when I was looking at some of those, um, you know, they, they might be side Polaroids that you would maybe discard, but mm-hmm. they're kind of around, again, for that idea of inspiration. When you mm-hmm. walk around Jeremy's house, it's just filled with inspirational, you know, objects and trinkets books. and big things and furniture and books and everything. It's, 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 Cat it's, hair. 
cat hair. Cat, inspirational cat it's, hair. It's, 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 it's actually very inspirational just to be here. But then I would look at some of these little side things that might be just in a, in a nook or in a corner, and I'm like, oh, that looks like some classic, you know, 1920s movie still or something like that. And I was like, and I was looking closer, and I was like, oh, no, that's kind of recent. You mm. can see something near it the, in, in, in the image that it's like, no, that's, that's modern, but you would never know that. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 kind of amazing to see all this stuff. I'm like that alone is really cool, but you're, you know you just kind of put it around you. Yeah, yeah. It just ends up falling around me. I'm kind of like, what's that guy from uh, Charlie Brown with all the dust around him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick pick yeah pick, pick, I'm kind of yeah. picking with art, <laughs> your root supplies and <laughs> inspiration. Are there like any go tos for you for inspiration? Or I mean, it seems to me that you like look all over the place. Like, are you watching movies? Are you? Like, oh yeah, it's a lot of uh, like to tune out and turn down at the end of the night we watch movies that aren't the usual things you can find which is hard to find to find these inspira inspirational like weird movies and a lot of them come from eastern european countries because mm. they have same lifestyle but completely alien to what we're Brilliant. used to right yeah. and their films are incredibly inspiring contemporary uh or recent old? yeah um like from like maybe the 60s to now mm -hmm. and they're still strange and, and different and weird and they're not just like explosions and colors like you get in, a, in american films yeah it's just hard to find like really good movies that are so strange that when you turn them off just like what the fuck yeah you that? feel a little you almost uncomfortable that. yeah. which is that's what you want like in your images yeah. yeah yeah you want that in a painting you don't want to just watch it and forget about it I yeah. mean, that's yeah. what you don't want people to walk off the i mean there the is corners. a like a cinemagraphic quality to your paintings mm -hmm. i find i don't know there's like a, a a sense of life a sense of movement i mean i think you work hard probably with the materials to try and get that yeah and and the film cameras come out a lot of them in that very horizontal like 1.85 to yeah. ratio which ratio. is film and i love oh, yeah. film and i love how you can compose very easily in that situation and the, like another thing about those cardboard digital lenses that i made were because i can film with it and i do want to start making films I mean, that's, I gotta, I gotta focus on like eating or something. I gotta do something different. But yeah, I mean, uh, other sources of inspiration I find everywhere, especially just traveling and going to weird places and seeing how the light is different and how, you know, like, especially in Europe, everything is not corners and square buildings. It's arranged more organically. Even yeah. the cities from above are arranged in a much more not painterly a, style. It's not right. a grid. You it's see how it grid. grew out of some center and then kept kind of expanding in weird yeah. directions. There's a real, I guess, organic quality to that. Yeah, and tra so like traveling, film, movies, anything that's, even music is all just where I get new inspirations and it's, I don't really have a go-to like, right. what do I go back to? It's always just, all right, what I'm interested in now. But are there things that you go, like are there artists, like, I don't know, there seem to be a few Sargent-like pictures up in your studio mm. like is, is he somebody you go back to and not necessarily or? him i mean uh, whistler is oh, incredibly yeah. important yeah. to me and yeah. just like he has written so much stuff that was actually collected and saved and they made books out of it yeah. and it, he gave his 10 o'clock lecture which when i read it was like why doesn't anybody read this every day you walk into a classroom like this should like people yeah. have forgotten to read about what the artists have said in the past and think they're just going to get it from looking at their images a lot yeah. of people look at you know, Whistler's work like, I mean, it's beautiful, but I don't get it. And, but when you read about it, you see that the things he was battling with and the things he was saying are very pertinent to the, what we're doing now. 
Like, what are those things? Uh, just removing himself away from what the norm was, because uh, a very important thing he said was how taste has somehow become a part of the art world. Mm-hmm. And that is not something you can argue with about, with about anybody. Like, yeah. you like that painting? I think it's garbage. Oh, well, you like it. But right. He was. He made a very important point of saying that at one point art was a science as just as important as architecture, science, um, uh, mathematics. They yeah. called it the art and science. It was, <laughs> yeah. and it was an important part of understanding the beautiful things of humanity, which make you a human. But nowadays, like you, you could sit around in a room, you're not going to argue with somebody about how to build a building if he's an architect. You're like, I believe you. You must be right. I'm not going to argue that. But yeah. somebody could say this painting's beautiful, and then somebody yeah. else is like, well, that's garbage. And there's no standard, right? And so it's now just become a, a world of amateurs getting the same uh, respect, which is degradating somebody... to people who are professional artists who that's their life, not their job. I was having a debate with uh, with a friend who was saying like. Why do people call themselves painters? They should call themselves artists. And artists. I just, I responded, I was like, you know, what has, like, the direction that that word has gone in yeah. is a direction that I don't really want to be associated with. Right. So I say painter because it's a little bit more precise. And, oh, galleries. Like, I mean, yes, it's important. Like, you say artist, and they say, oh, my grandma's an artist, too. Yeah. And you're like, okay, mm, <laughs> not me. let's not get into yeah. this. And you, sh- you just walk away and say, good for her. And, oh. I'd love to see her work. Yeah, I would love to see her work. You, you don't say they're just like, hmm. Because <laughs> then they might hold you and say, oh, I have it. Yeah. And, I'm like, uh, and then they hold right. it to you. Like, what do you think? And if you answer honestly, I think that's garbage. Yeah. I think, like, I'm sure she's happy doing it, but I mean, she shouldn't call herself an artist. She should call herself somebody who likes to play with paint. Yeah. yeah. It's very tasteful. It's very tasteful. It has a lot of taste to it. Yeah. How did you uh, end up in, because in, you're not from Northern California. Where are you from? Ohio. Oh, Ohio. What part? Yes. Uh, around Cleveland. Oh, okay. Good things come out of Ohio. <laughs> Bad things to say, no? Most things. You have a pretty good life. <laughs> no, nah, nah, my parents here. These are my friends. Like, we stayed here. It's uh, uh, probably the best growing up I could have ever had. Really, like, Midwest, solid, you know, good family. Most presidents, right? Or tied with Virginia, I think. Probably. Yeah. I mean, good people come out of Ohio. They don't stay there because there's <laughs> not much to do. You look, you grow up like a good potato, and then you get out and make fries. Like, you, I had to come to a bigger city where the things that I wanted to do with my life were available to me. Yeah. Um, so what made you choose San Francisco? Uh, I applied to a bunch of art schools. I got into a lot of them and I wanted to come here because of its f- European feel. Mm-hmm. And at the time I didn't know that, but I, I remember saying that for some reason I just wanted to go to San Francisco even before I, I it was when I was in high school. It was even before I even thought about college and uh, or master's degree. And then I came here, I visited, I loved it. And it was just one of those things like, I love it, I must do it. And for some reason, same thing happened with Italy. The first time I had my first solo show, I decided for the first time to travel to Europe. I'm like, I just have to go to Italy. I don't know why. There's something about it that pulled me there. And same thing with San Francisco. Yeah. Have you, did you spend time in Europe before, um, you know, going to college or anything? No. Since we were hanging out, you referenced Europe a few times. Mm-hmm. Like I love trips it. and paintings yeah. that you've done there. Yeah, I just I love 
because uh, it's a little, it feels a little more old, and you it know, is old. it's a little more. <laughs> old. And uh, it wait, still you're has saying that, that it's older than San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so Rome? when you walk around there, people say like, "Oh, this building's old." Like, "Oh, I know, we've got old buildings." And oh, wait, no, it's only yeah. yeah. <laughs> I lived in like a, a place in Florence for a little while that was mm. uh, apparently like the oldest part of the building was from the 13th century, yeah. and it was blows your little mind. You're like, <laughs> people were alive back then. Wow, and it's still here. And there were no dinosaurs attacking. Yes, huh? that's crazy. No wooden underwear. How did you guys get along? And so like my house is, is I like old things. I like memory. I like mm. the past because I think it was a better time. And I, I mean, I'm sure everybody in every stage of uh, century has that same feeling. Yeah. Um, Do you really, so you think you feel, you kind of have some longing for a, a previous uh, era? It was so much nicer. Every time <laughs> they build a new building here, I just look at it like, how, how, why would anybody want to paint that? Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, in a, but you do paint a lot of kind of contemporary buildings in yeah. your cityscapes. Yeah, because they're there. And I'm uh -huh. using um, the cityscapes I use as a platform for painting very abstract fundamentals, form, right. composition, balance, and harmony. And, you know, the, the buildings I can move around, the cars I can move around. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just... Uh, because I can't paint every window. You, you got to yeah. have something more inspiring. But it, it seems like... I don't know. I, I remember seeing your paintings early on. I think you had a show with Greg Gandy yeah. at Pence. And I remember really loving them. But there were have changed a lot since then. Mm. And I think you've taken a lot of the detail out. And they've become a lot more abstract. And mm. it, it seems like... It almost seems like you're you're just trying to like take those buildings apart and get to like big shapes and and not have to focus on the ugliness of the yeah, building. It's the same thing of take it all apart so I can build it back up how I want. If, yeah. if I can move a building, that's a great feeling. If it's not important in the composition of the painting, move it. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. Yeah. Uh, like my my landscape teacher said that like it's just nobody's gonna know if that tree was here or there. Put it where it belongs. You you are making nature better. Right. So make sure you do that in your paintings and. I hate the, the last painting I did, like every time I paint a painting, because it, <laughs> that's where I think the great, it keeps changing, it keeps getting right. better. I want to do another one. I want to reassess the problems that I had in the first one. And so I think yeah. it's naturally just gotten so far away from the reference yeah. and becoming more towards just being an artist, yeah. uh, which I think is is a, is a is probably the best place to get to. And it's so far from it right now. That's it's pretty amazing with those, with the, um, with the cityscapes that you're doing that it 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 feel when you're when you're far back it gives the impact of exactly what you know it is but when you walk up it really just like you can see the um i don't know the thought process more mm. um the mark making the mark making yeah. and everything becomes almost more important at times where i'm i'm kind of fascinated by the mark making i'm sort of searching it and then you go back another 10 feet and you see it for what it is um, the mark making is, uh, is something that I find fascinating because it's not, uh, like your application of paint doesn't look like anybody else's. Mm. And I think you're, you're experimenting with, I mean, I've never tried, although now I kind of wish I had thought of it, mm. tried painting with like the windshield wiper from a car, mm. but that like you're, you're you experimenting. Mm. You showed us in your studio, this giant roller that you, that you got that's for like printmaking. I mean, you seem like you're constantly experimenting with ways to apply paint that's mm -hmm. going to achieve something different than 
brush it. It almost seems like you don't use brushes. Barely. I hate them. I'm trying to get <laughs> so far away because it's the, it's the thing of you put a mark down, judge it. Do you like it? Do you not like it? If you like it, keep doing it. If you don't like it, don't do it. And I just right. don't like the way brushes look yeah. usually. So, I mean, it all comes from, from when I started, when I did my thesis project, which was uh, to find a way to prove to myself that it didn't matter what was in my hands, it mattered what was in my head as yeah. an artist. Yeah. And in order to do that, I had to remove myself from all the usual things that you paint with, and that's where I found the rollers, and since then I found anything like the scraper bars, and since then now the razor blades. And it's just, I enjoy mark making to its core because I feel like it's the... It's the handwriting of an artist, where everyone's handwriting is different. Yeah. Because you know it so well, and it's you. Only you do it. So I think... Well, that but if we're all using the same brushes... If you're all using the same brushes, not... you all look the same, like the same person. Right. And that happens in art schools a lot. And yeah, that's what yeah. scared the shit out of me. And that's why I freaked out that one night and, you know, had my epiphany at the bar and then came back and tried all these new different things. Um, Wait, what? what yeah, you what freaked is out? What? <laughs> no, it was just like, yeah, I walked out, like, I was working, working, working in the studio and I just went across to the, to the bar. Like, I look like everybody else. I look like every other art student in here, which is, you know, props to the teachers. They're teaching them how to paint right. well, but they're not teaching them to be themselves. Right. How do you paint like yourself? Well, you can't you teach can't. somebody to be themselves. I mean, like, that's you one of the things that I struggle and with. And then teach them to say, I like it or I don't like it. Right. And then the, only they can make that judgment on their own. But I feel like the exploration, I don't know, as, as somebody who does some teaching, like, I don't know, for me, I can't even, you know, people are going to explore or not explore. Like, mm -hmm. all I can teach you is the stuff that I know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to teach anybody to be like me. I wouldn't want that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I hate myself. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you oh. know, I want I want people to to be themselves. But I I can't teach them how to be like I could never teach somebody how to put paint on with a windshield wiper. You like, just have to inspire them to like this yeah. is how I do it and teach because like I said, I want to know how to do everything. So I learn. You have to learn how to paint, and then you also have the have the wherewithal and the balls to say. Now let me try something else. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you take your students and you should you teach them, paint like this and get as good as you can. Now go do something else. Yeah, you've yeah. got the guts and you've got the yeah. scaffold. Now you just got to go find something that sings to you and to you alone. Yeah. Uh, do you have students? Do you have anybody who comes around uh, and studies with no, you? No, I, I don't teach. I would be such an asshole. I would be <laughs> on in good, for a good reason. You know, like I I think schools have their purpose you know you could go into this for for hours about how important school is but also yeah. how unimportant it is and how it is making just a, a manufacture of everyone doing the same stuff and sure. it needs better teachers to be like you should paint yes learn how to paint but then you got to try something new and i would even tell some students like you shouldn't be here like stop wasting your money you're not going to be a great artist and yeah. maybe that would influence them to go home and be like fuck that guy and then yeah. become a great you know yeah. who knows where it can go but i think it, it's too mundane and it's too Everyone is too safe, and I would be in the in the future. Yes, I'd I'd love to have a place like we, we, I was. I looked at a monastery in Italy to buy where it was a place that could have artists in residence and maybe workshops. And you know, we I've done workshops with the Trojan Horse was Unicorn, which is this huge digital conference and and fine art conference in Portugal for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I'm going out to what is it the Barcelona Academy. Are you just one. lecturing or are you demoing? Or I hate it? demoing, yeah. but I understand why people love it. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll do it on the basis that I tell them all, this is the waste of your time to watch me do this, but I get it. And then I do it and then I describe like, 
you know, this is how I do it. And yeah. then we, I would rather just talk. And so yeah. like the last, uh, in August, when we had the workshop with Mina Dejda and Phil Hale and Alberto Mielo and Carlo uh-huh. Ortiz, we made it so that it was mostly about talking mm-hmm. and everyone came there expecting to see demos and we did a few demos and but you know like phil was like i'm not gonna do a demo i don't do that you know yeah. i don't want it like that's not me and i'm yeah. like i understand that's not what i want like let's just talk they loved it we just got into arguments and discussions <laughs> and it's everyone walked away like Whoa. did you even have like some sort of template to what to talk about or were you just like let's just was a free form, free form it. Uh, just see what it was meant to be just sort of free form. Just talk about what you know. Like I had an idea because they needed to put something on a ske- schedule, and I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. well, what are the three things I know what to do? And then I just would talk about that. And I talked about like we went plein air painting on the beach, not because plein air, port- plein air painting is important, but for to make pretty little landscapes. But for me, it was to study the color harmonies that you yeah. can't get in a camera. Yeah, and that and I think that was made people be like, oh yeah, I should do that more often. Like yes, go out. Yeah. And- just and, and kind of observe all the stuff that makes you interested in in, in doing things like painting. Or yeah, like, like that. just you know, when other, when everyone else shuts their doors and goes home at night, go out and try and make a painting as the sun sets. You only got five minutes. Yeah, yeah, those, and those are fun. colors are they're they're fun. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. They could be a little bit uh, a and you just like and whipping it out and <laughs> yeah. slapping the paint down on there. And I think what it also subconsciously teaches you is how to know your palette like a holster gun yeah, in your pocket really fast what's a really hard thing to like to make something bright and colorful is like really i mean just it's a huge challenge with paint yeah. and that like doing it over and over and over again with the sunset you realize like what you can push down mm-hmm. where you can manipulate things to get the effect because you can't go one for one it's no. just not possible you put that highlight down you're like it's not bright enough and you stare at the sunset you're like i quit like why why should i even yeah. try and then all of a sudden you figure, well, well wait a second, if push this down, push this down, then that's going to have like a The only way you'll figure impact. it out is out there. Yeah, Freezing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, what's funny is when you do a bunch of them, and the thing that initially was impossible to get, as soon as you have that like epiphany moment, you're like, oh. <laughs> and then, then you do it again afterwards, and it might not be exactly the same, but there's a similarity. Mm-hmm. If I just, oh, okay, you just kind of approach it this way, and it'll help me at least get close to where I need where then I can quickly manipulate it to at least represent the feeling and you figured it out on your own you just figure it out just being there and just headbutting the sunset for a while but I do think the what you were saying is the it forces you to really need to know your tools like like your in that case your palette yeah like you got to know how to mix quickly and if even if not quickly just what the colors can and can't do yeah your you know these are your colors you should know them in every backwards situation, and backwards and forwards, yeah. and the tools you use, you should know backwards and forwards, which is a hard thing to teach people because it's, they're more worried about getting the image on the canvas right. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I think a, a lot of those little studies that I do are incredibly important, little six by sixes. Yeah. Like I, I did a, a series of 50 rabbit's feet painted from life and like, oh, Jesus, a hundred rubber ducks when I was just starting in a little closet like four foot closet but by the end of it you can look your first one and a month later look at the hundredth one and be like i have grown in two weeks big difference and it's not because you understood so much what you were painting as you did the things you weren't looking at the palette and the things in your hands i remember uh well I, i sometimes teach like this value class or something where i just want them to understand value and just know the that's an amazing class because you're deconstructing kind of the fundamental ways of seeing and understanding color and value so down to the basics and it gets to the point where you know I'll, i'll go there and start lecturing at the very beginning of day one 
and say, okay, we're, this is what we're going to do. Da, 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 da. You're going to do this. It's going to seem really tedious. By day three of doing a bunch of these, you're going to look at your first decision making and be like, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. The idea of somebody coming up to me saying, is this lighter or darker? Mm. And I don't mean <laughs> subtly. Yeah. Like one is obviously two or three shades or values lighter or dark darker and i'm like are you being serious in the beginning i'm like no it's it's too light dark in it but then it gets to the point where like i don't know you tell me and they're like "Mm," you know eventually and then it becomes like taking a laser and then saying okay is it you know i can't i i can't even tell if it's lighter or darker at times i'm like ah it's about right (laughs) you know so but it's just after doing a few of these is when it forces them to make up their mind and understand their, in that case, that's a tool. Yeah. Making your own decisions when nobody else is there to help you critique well, it. Well, that was the whole yeah. thing. I was Very like, important. you're not, I'm not going to be here in a few days. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to be gotta, on your like, own, buddy. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't look at your painting and call it a piece of shit and honestly walk away and say, yeah, I'm right. I'm a, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going to look at everything you do and think it's okay. And that's not how do you push yourself? So yeah, yeah. it's like subliminally, subconsciously teaching them, to judge themselves. Well, how do you continue to push yourself now? Oh, same way. I hate everything I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind it's of just a like, universal thing with that, I mean, artists. that can be a hard thing. Like, you can hate everything and just resign yourself to, like, hating, yeah. you know, or you can push yourself and, and try and find something like, okay, well, what do I hate about it? Yeah. Like, do you, It's that push. It's like, what... Where, what am I not singing right? It sounds like everything, it feels like everything I'm doing is just slightly out of tune. Right. You know, it, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a symphony that's 20 minutes long and there's just something in there somewhere that's not right. And I just, I'm just keep working to find the best way to express my voice, mm-hmm. you know, which is great because as artists, we're going to be doing that for, for, what, our as, for our entire life. And mm-hmm. we don't retire. And like when I took my money out of my retirement account, they're like, oh, you should really reinvest. I'm like, I'm not going to stop. Like I'm, I may get old, but I'm not going to stop. So we, like when it comes to... <laughs> I'll build a cardboard box camera in yeah, the just street. <laughs> walk around and I'll just sit in the street. You don't know what I'll come up with. If anybody's going to create something like that was really clever, he actually taped a brush or a knife to something so mm-hmm. he can sit in bed and paint from like... <laughs> yeah. Like you're the one who's going to do that. And it, it's also the same thing. You, you, as like you said, you say you're a painter because it's easier, but to... to the other people's the layman if you'd want to call them but, but you're actually an artist who's to say that you may just not be a painter for your entire life and you may become a filmmaker or you yeah. may become a photographer and it's just that's you finally found the medium yeah. it wasn't a tool it was actually it wasn't like a painting tool it was actually a medium wasn't your medium wasn't working it was right. just another yeah. way to express yourself in one way or another mm-hmm. it seems like we're all dying to just express ourselves whether it's done in a whisper and very subtly or a little bit more you know, uh, uh, colorful, yeah. I would say, in that sense. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And that's that's where the whole art, art, being an artist became so convoluted with everybody's an artist, because, well, everyone wants to express themselves. Yeah. Like, yes, right. but there's a certain point of people who are scientists in, in the art world as well um, who found a way to to touch into the deeper things of humanity that we are all trying to say and can actually say it in a yeah. way that resounds well with everybody else. And I think... Artists are an important part of culture, and the fact that they're removing them from the education system and it's becoming so blasé and it's becoming so normalized yeah. is what's really screwing every, the, whole, the whole world up in the fact that people are just becoming less aware of things. But, you know, you know I mean, if, you, like, if I look at what is being considered art, mm. you know, like a, a dustpan with a rock in it, like... Mm, but that's just the galleries confused that. No, know? it is. But the problem is if 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 we're gonna call everything art and that's the same thing as your paintings, mm-hmm. 
I like, is that what they're going to teach dustpan and rock in like public school? Like it, it just, it weakens the case yeah. for why art is important. It, and totally. I, and I it, mean, it had its reason. The modern art movement had its reason. Like Pollock's paintings had a point. And once you realize what they were is he was, he broke the rules that came before him in right. such a way that people are like, what? And at first hated it. And then later like, oh, that's awesome. But now people are looking at it like, what? I can do that. Yeah, right. They're not Here being told the reasons why. Right. You know, like Whistler, when he started painting his nocturnal scenes, his point was to flatten the image out from the world where everyone was painting, you know, Greek figures telling stories. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to tell any story. He just wanted to paint an image that existed as a painting. And they couldn't, and that's why they call him the father of modern art. Was He was just trying to focus on it as an object of painting. Yeah. And everything went flat. And that's why they didn't understand him. But I think people need to know why those things happen. So, yeah, they teach, you know, here's, here's Duchamp's urinal where he signed it. And, like, that's art. Like, oh, well, but it needs to be called, that was a point of art that showed people they could push themselves into other realms right. to break the rules that came before. Um, did it speak to you? And if they say no, then, like, then it's not for you, but you have to understand why it happened. You yeah. know, did the Holocaust speak to you? No, then don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> Same thing. I didn't just call Duchamp's piece. <laughs> I wasn't comparing those two things. But you know what I mean? Like if, if that was people the Holocaust have to make for, for art, our history. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The, it was more like for art, it was the people stopped making educated judgments on what, on, and it became convoluted with the taste quality. Well, and also I think, the the thing that they distilled from that is that the important thing about art is breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. And then if breaking the rules is the only thing that matters, you get the dustpan with the get. rock. And but I think it needs to connect with people. And that's where those things don't. When you, like when somebody has to explain to you why a piece of modern art means something, then it sort of failed in the sense that it didn't connect with humanity. It helped push art in a direction Right. But then, you know, in the in the time that modern art happened, and now all of us figure painters are painting representationally, but there's something about it that's a lot different than the impressionists and the traditional painters of hundreds of years that, ago. Sure. What was that from? And I think it was from the inspiration and the influence of those previous movements. We just don't, we just don't hearken on it. We just don't say, well, I we paint this way. We can't escape it. Like, it's part of, part of our, the culture. I mean, yeah. we, we've absorbed it, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. and, uh, the fact of working from a reference now is because cameras are everywhere. And it wasn't before, and everyone was painting from life. So when you look back at the masters, like, God, that looks incredible. It's like, well, because their reference was incredible. It yeah. was life. Yeah. Um, that's why I kind of, I, that's why I don't, I mean, I paint from life, and particularly for the ocean. Like, mm. I'm just out there. I don't know I mean, how you do that. But I love to be on the beach. Like, I wouldn't, actually, Kim, uh, Kim Kogan, Kogan brought me to, uh, to see Mavericks uh, nice. the other day, man. I, it was like a pilgrimage to Mecca for me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't know how, like, because when we were on the beach, I was trying to paint. I'm like, how do you, I don't know. It keeps going away and coming back and going away. But, <laughs> yeah. but I get it. And I'm like, yeah. but, like, well done. I can't. But I know, like, yeah, you go out there to study it. You could just stare at it for three hours. But that's, and I'm getting and something. It. Yeah, yeah. So and that when you look back at your reference, it's, it's more about it's the 20% reference. It's the more I mean, of it's in you. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Being out there. So I surround myself with my painting. I mean, my studio, the way that you've surrounded yourself with it, it's just all these little like six by eight sketches, mm. but I don't really look at them that much because it's all internalized. Like yeah. it's all about deconstructing it and, and then being able to kind of regurgitate it out. Mm. 
but you don't just go there and stare at it and kind of shut your brain off, like staring at it. My brain's always like, shut off. Always like a fire. <laughs> always in the off position. I mean, you're sitting there really, you're taking notes, you're taking mental notes, but you do a lot of physical, like I'm sitting there writing it down and even writing it down in, with, in, in sentences, like this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot of that. Yeah. I get in the water and like, you know, body surf and get like, kind of roll myself on uh, upside down to see the wave from underneath Brilliant. as it's breaking. Yeah, Why yeah. the color looks like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Drink I mean, it, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a dead crab a in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow that comes into your painting. So when you're painting, I mean, there's obviously, it, it, I, I didn't realize that you had the kind of like an abstract art background. There's mm -hmm. a very strong abstract quality mm -hmm. to your paintings and obviously like playing with the surface and the paint quality. But I was wondering when you're painting let's say people versus cities, like is, is there something different that you're going for or is the yeah. subject kind of secondary and this kind of the, the image itself is what you're after? The image... Whatever it is. The subject is relatively secondary. Right. Um, they are separate in the sense that, like I said, cityscapes give me a chance to play with more fundamentals of art than, than the figure does because I don't care how cars look, but if a, if a, if a girl's eyeball is up a little too high, she looks, you know, <laughs> yeah. playing with too many chromosomes. But it's like, if, 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 so I want the figures to be beautiful and I want them... That's where I try to you know, paint like a painter, to paint in a traditional sense, to, to make it look like reality. And yeah. it's a lot more controlled. Are there more brushes involved when you're painting oh, people? Yeah. yeah. And what I don't want to do is do that. And that's why I go to the cityscapes to paint with all crazy stuff so that I can get feed that emotion right. and then approach that figure like, all right, I'm going to mess this up right now on purpose, yeah. but it's still a holdback. Those, the figures to me are a calm thing. They're, they're, they're they're moody. They're mem they're like memories, and and the colors in them are, are beautifully harmonized. And there's a quietness and a and a, a depressive side and an angsty side. And the marks are haphazard and crazy, but there's always a place of peace and rest. And in the cityscapes, it's more. I mean, they're aggressively painted. Yeah. I'm jumping up and down, throwing shit, dancing, screaming, <laughs> yeah. and it's they balance each other. But in a sense, they are both just ways of getting out a different painting emotion but it sounds like very different painting emotions oh yeah, yeah. and because i'm not going to paint a, a, a you know seductive cityscape i feel like this is not something i want to go for because i don't find them attractive I, I find them highly annoying because they're full of people and you know you look at how many drapes i have in this house to yeah. close all the light out and i barely ever leave it's just uh, it, to walk around that that city and this this anarchy going on and this apocalyptic yeah. crashing and especially in the rain and cars zipping full of you know dumb drivers and it's just this horror show and the buildings that they've constructed to block out the 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 beautiful things are great yeah. to move around yourself but i don't i don't want to draw attention to them as wonderful places to be i get more peace and quiet when i've hiked up to the top of a mountain yeah. it's just a way for me to get out my aggressive side. But you ever, did you ever get confused when you would go out and do a bunch of cityscapes and then you go back to, let's say a figure painting or something and all of a sudden you're approaching it the way you're approaching the city, the cityscape, you almost forgot. But that's what I wanted. <laughs> oh, you it do. Is, it's sort of like tricking myself. I want to come into areas of the figure and a just little bit more destroy like it, aggressive up, you know, and then back off and say, wait a minute and then go back into it and calm it down. And almost like go in there and make it like, like make peace with it. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. This yeah. Is, uh, Being in control of myself while I'm painting it 
and also letting go of myself while I'm painting. You know, the, the same thing with the cityscape. So I'll find I'm I'm noodling a little too much and I'm making it nice and peaceful. It's like okay, you sometimes I'll say just to myself, you're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. And to just trust in what I know and to just go a little bit crazy. You know, <laughs> the wine helps, the music helps. Yeah. <laughs> but are you I, drinking all day? All day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give that. Like, as well. I'm sure I'm that's just, what everybody thinks. But no, like, I wake up, I have I'm a coffee. Drunk. And I'm, yeah, I'm just drunk all day long. Yeah, <laughs> Typical artist. So how do you do your work? Drunk. Drunk. Why, don't, not? Think, Why don't you? <laughs> I think... Probably in kind of our sphere, there there aren't many artists who are drunk all day. No, because you can't function. <laughs> yeah, you can't. And like, I mean, uh, coffee is definitely the common denominator. Yeah, it makes you think. It makes you focus. Yeah. In the mornings, it, I can see a complete like course of my day where in the mornings it's quiet and study and look at images, drink coffee and think, and I'll write a lot, and then I'll start doing the parts of paintings that take more. You know. Uh, focus like the drawing stages or the or just colorizing a little bit of things something that doesn't need the aggressive side and then are you pretty careful when you go into these areas like the drawing and everything oh you, no 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 you're still like going in it's just i'm open. going in it very very like um effectively okay but you know knowing when to be loose and knowing when to be tight but i'm not just going nuts yeah i save that for the end of the day you know i'll go for a run get some energy but i'll come back and be exhausted and then it's just like all right just you know pound another coffee crack a bottle of wine and now start breaking down those edges and those areas that i was so worried about breaking up before yeah and it's helpful in that sense um it, it brings me back to my abstract origins yeah and that overlap the traditional education it's this left right brain brain battle going on in my head on the canvas itself during the stages of painting it do you ever try to tune out as far as i'm just going to go and this is going to be a physical thing so i'm not going to overthink it i'm not going to really even like i'm are you always aware usually in in control in control even if it's out of control i'm in control of the out of control like someone's there's never it's never an accident Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't just like accidentally did it on purpose. The result of it may seem like an accident, but you right. put those things in order to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, a lot of that is part of my painting process where I'll do three or four different things in an area of a canvas before I actually put paint on it, which affect this mark that happens when I scrape it all off at the end. And there's a negative space because I put on a mask on top of it. Oh, yeah. And that came from, you know, other things that I was just messing around with. But usually it is just go at it knowing what may or may not happen being in charge of it and then judging it after it happened like say i take one big area like something's not working here all right let's take that windshield wiper blade and just get to town on it pull it out like okay that didn't work (laughs) then why not and then go back into it and then like ah now i figured it out and it is very back and forth with uh unconscious and then very conscious about what I'm doing yeah, and then yeah. judging it against yourself. Um, all the pictures around in your studio, I mean, you have this abstract art background. All of the pictures around your studio are pretty much figurative. Do, mm. you, do you look at abstract art or is that not Mostly is it just kind of in the background? It's in of the your background. Mind? I mean, the abstract art background I had was a lot of mark making because when, when, when it is just sort of uh, growing up of... At, do whatever you want to do with paint mm-hmm. or cement or like blow torches and latex, you know, whatever it is just making marks. Right. I wasn't approaching abstract art in the sense of, uh, the, the theories and reasons for making abstract art. It was more just playing with paint. So you're not going to be like looking at a book of Rothko. To I love Rothko's when you see him in person, yeah. they should not exist in a book, yeah. but I, I mean, cause you stand in front of this massive true feeling of and like gorgeous. It's all paintings. And then like uh, me and my friends, 
friend Valerio were walking around a, uh, a museum and we went in a room full of Cy Twombly's. And it's like, okay, I see it, I get it. And then I got it real close. I'm like, oh, that mark is incredible. How did he do that? And it, so I wasn't looking at him in a sense of like, the idea of them is important to me. Right. I get it. I love Basquiat for, for just the haphazardness of it and then the honesty in it. Yeah. And a lot of the choices are made intelligently. And I take those little things from it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't have them hanging in my, as inspirations because that's just not the way I want to go. Right. I can't see myself ever doing it. In fact, somebody asked me to do a show, like, we just want to grab all these artists and they're all going to do an abstract piece for the show, like artists who are usually representational. I'm right. Like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I thought about it and for it's a, a month. Com- and a comfort I'm, zone of just being like, really taking somebody out of their comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, and see what they can do. And yeah. I, I would love to see that show. And I just caught them and I'm like, I I'm not going to do it. I just, I can't, I can't think that way right now. Yeah. Just complete abstract. I get it. I would love to see see what I come up with. Right. But I can't. I can't come up with it right now. I mean, I those mounds for... of discarded paint would be yeah. pretty nice I just on a wall. Those in. Yeah. yeah. Those things are amazing. You've got these like giant like pyramids. They're like volcanoes of, mm. of old paint. I mean, that. <laughs> it, it almost seems like it would be forced though, because if they were like, "Oh, this is what we want you to do," and all of a sudden you're you're almost like, okay, this is the way I have to think. Right. It's not going to be natural. Oh, I, hate and I have to make, you know, quote unquote, a abstract piece of art. Right. It seems forced. And I think it would probably be like, like group shows dishonest. that have a theme where it's very yeah. limiting. Sometimes it's, fun. Sometimes it's fun, but it is also like, yeah, it's not what I really want to do. But you're still painting the way you paint. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do the group show, there might be a theme and you're like, Oh, that's cool. That's a cool way to, you know, I can think of something that maybe I wouldn't have thought of before, but if they're like, switch up your style, then you're on purpose, switch it up yeah. just for the fact and I don't know if that would work I mean I'm not it, or it's it just it's work. like an artist like if you tell them they like it they won't do it exactly <laughs> <laughs> what um what do you have coming up as far as um I know we were when we were upstairs when we were upstairs checking out stuff you were like I kind of want to maybe mm. go different locations is it something that you have a series in mind or something that you want to pursue or a different I don't know, maybe a different look. A little more, yeah, I guess a little more modern take on the figures. Still figures, still the way I paint, but the, the maybe perhaps the location isn't so uh, antiquated as my usual stuff maybe feels to me. Um, a little more modern, and mm-hmm. not, not only the outfits or the dress or the poses or the, or the location, but in the way it's painted, um, but still representational, still, still a figure. Um, is there something that influenced maybe that thought process? Just getting tired of what's around me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm always getting tired of the things that I, that I've, once I've figured it out, it's like, okay, I don't want to stale out here. I don't, I don't, I've done it. I want to try something new. Right. Um, and I think it's, it's going to become, well, what would, I, what would happen if I was in a completely white room with a white furniture and a, and a, the, just the skin tones to work with? And I can already picture that like, yeah, okay, I, where can I go with this? Just really changing up the 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 look of my paintings, but still my my style, my voice. Yeah, you know, just in a different form. And Are you gonna like rip the uh, paneling out of this living I know. room? See, and... that's why I can't do it here because like I don't want to touch this place. I this know. is my cozy it's house. It's <laughs> your safe. Place. This is my safe place. Well, maybe down in the basement, you can make a make a white room. Yeah, that's becoming the dark room for the oversized Polaroid. You know, right. so it's like, well, I'm running out of space real quick. <laughs> well, that's why you got to dig down below the foundation. Yeah, you can. Dig as deep as you want. <laughs> is it natural for you to just kind of want to keep going forward and not look, you know, not look, stay still or kind of look back? You're, is it is it something that you always felt or is it something that you 
just feel like you need to do? Meaning, do you have to force yourself or do you, is it just a natural thing? Like go, 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 go. I think it's natural, but I, I do have to force myself because it's natural because I see it. I mm. see when I'm getting stale. I, yeah. I feel it like this is, I'm just doing, I've said so many times uh, in conversations at night, like I'm doing the same dumb thing. I'm just doing the same damn thing. Yeah. Oh, look, another painting of this. Oh, look, and Jeremy did another painting like this and I'm getting tired of it. And I want to see if I can push push it to the next situation. I want to see what else can I take apart to figure it out and, mm-hmm. and own it in a sense. Um, I guess the word, like the idea of owning something, in my opinion, comes when, when you can do it so well and you've figured it out so much that you can actually stake a claim on it. Like, I own this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this and I want to figure out as much as I can to make my own style, which is what artists are considered as owning they own themselves mm-hmm. and i want to just figure myself out that much so it, it requires forcibly putting myself in strange situations yeah. and different things i'm not used to uh, especially with like the scenarios and locations and the film like the uh, uh how to do like the photography yeah. and so i can figure that out and it will influence my paintings you know in the end result which is what i wanted from from the start did you do you feel like you almost have to train yourself to do that and not get uh, tricked or something and and as you're going and searching and not find things that might not be totally you but it's something different so you're like it must be good yeah and it's it's hard because there's so much outside influence especially nowadays with damn social media and so many times (laughs) we have just decided all right no instagram yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Oh, it's so relieving. It's, it's so, good. so good because you don't, you, you're not getting flooded with stuff in your face and you can actually yeah. go search for things. It's amazing when you actually go do research yeah. and you start, you see an image. I like that image. Who, who shot that? That photographer. Where'd he come from? He also made a film. Let's watch that film. And you would have never found that if so the rest of the world. It becomes more organic. But then they keep drawing like, yeah, you back so. in. Or, and you are heading, you are making your own path as opposed to everybody else's grandma's art being shown in your face. And or an confusing. algorithm making your path, right? Exactly, which it's like, you know, I don't, I don't understand all that stuff. I don't want to get involved in it. That's yeah. the rest of the people have to worry about that. It does that. seem like there's something really pernicious there. Really what? Pernicious there. That yeah. like, it, it just, Having an algorithm dictate what you see. I mean, I, I've heard graffiti artists talk about, um, you know, like billboards. Mm. Like, just because I own a piece of real estate, why should I get the right to plaster up an ad on a billboard that's going to infiltrate your mind mm-hmm. on your way to work, on your like commute? That's like, why, why isn't that a crime? Why is graffiti a crime? And I think that's, you know... When like you're allowing an algorithm to determine what enters into your into your brain, what it's what because of images. the scary thing that it brings up is that people can't make the decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. They can't look at that and be like, mm, "That's stupid." <laughs> They'll say like, "Oh, you have that. I want that too." Or, or you think that I should think that too? That's not you know the, the rule of an artist is to think for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And you want other people to become intelligent and do research and figure it out for themselves, and they would make better decisions. And it's just unfortunate that, yeah, those algorithms are in place and that social media and everything is blasting stuff in your face. And it's not giving you the peace of mind to actually go find out things on your own. Yeah. Or become interested in something just organically. Yeah, that you yeah. would have never known that you were interested in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to... And every, you've been taught that as a kid to sit in a room and if somebody's like, oh, I don't like... I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And you, you're in the back of your head like, oh, but I love but you won't say it, you know. And I, and I think like, like one pack of the mentality. Yeah, and I like. Luckily, my 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 parents harbored that uniqueness in me because I like. 
you know, I was the, as most artists were, the, the nerd or the outsider, the weirdo, and I'd be bringing home uh, roadkill in my backpack because <laughs> I wanted to get the skulls, and I had a collection of like 200 skulls, and they were amazing to me, which you could either be a serial killer or you could be, you know... And speaking of serial killers. <laughs> yeah. So many situations in this house. <laughs> the basement. The, your drying room. Yeah, I had a model come over, and, she, and I try so hard to make it seem okay, like not sound <laughs> like a creep. Yeah. Keep and it together, Jeremy. Yeah, keep it together. together. They come in, I start cracking jokes and like, ah, ha, ha, could be a star killer. She's like, well, you know, you realize all of your windows have drapes over them. I'm like, oh, fine, I didn't realize that. You know? <laughs> she's I'll like, open yeah, kind of creepy. I'll, open yeah. one. I'll peek out of one. Does that make it better? <laughs> <laughs> how did you um, How did you meet John, John Pence? Because you show at John Pence. Oh, yeah, me and Greg good. would walk by that every that gallery every day on their way to school and just cry like, we'll never get in here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never get in here. We shared like, me and Greg shared like a... F- Greg Gandy. Greg Gandy, yeah. yeah. Uh, we share like a four foot studio together, back to back. Paint, you know, I'd be painting my sloppy shit on one side. He'd be painting his incredibly tight, <laughs> greatly rendered cityscapes. And we're, I'm just like, why are you painting like that? And he's like, you, you're so sloppy. And it's just back and <laughs> you're forth. You like the odd couple. The odd I know. And then uh, during the spring show of the academy, they like John saw our work and was like, I would love you guys to be in the show, which blew our little minds. Yeah. And never thought that would have happened. You know, I still don't. I still don't believe it, but which is great because you know John is such a good, good person, good yeah, friend. Awesome. Has such yeah. a long-standing gallery that is incredible place. They have the uh, what's his name, Emil Carlson paint. Who oh, yeah, I love yeah. his paintings, and yeah. they, I thought they all belonged in museums. And there's one in the same gallery that I'm in. It scares yeah. me. It's like yeah. scary that, and I think that was a great point of my life that drove me to just keep bucking up. You know, like I should not be here. It's did it force you to be able to paint as quickly as you do too? Because your last show, which was what last month, it it uh, uh, August, was, yeah. I mean, I I went in there and I and, and for people who don't know, the size of John's gallery is just massive, so enormous, it's and every space. inch of that gallery is covered by Jeremy Mann hmm. like work. And I went in there and I was like, what? How many? How many of these? Like, I, I was like, there has to be two or three dudes. Painting all these because there's just far too much. Like the volume of work was amazing, and they're like, "Yeah, he does these like every year, every other year, or something." I was like, "It would take me, you know, you must be incredibly disciplined." Just, uh, I just do it all the time, paint all the time, and I'm, I I am fast in the sense that I, I, the marks I put need to be immediate. Um, A lot of them, the nature of your work, the nature of my work, and the way it looks, like it, it looks. People always say it looks energetic or aggressive, and it's like, well, because I, I am jumping around and painting like that. It is physically exhausting to paint these things sometimes, yeah. and it's actually like, you know, that's the reason why this thing's for, because I you broke, your finger I tape. snapped like the ligaments in my finger from painting so much for that damn show. No way. Yeah, and there's a stupid little thing, like a, a cyst on the ligament that they're yeah. trying to, I'm like, I didn't know that could happen. Wow. They're like, how did that happen? Oh, I'm a painter. Like, oh, my, it's a painter, too. <laughs> I can't get across, but, not, but yeah, it is. I'll show you her work. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. no. Did she break Call her back. finger? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have a cyst on her ligament. Yeah. Then I just that, sound like an old man. She's not a real painter if she doesn't have a yeah. cyst on her You don't have a cyst on your finger, you're not a painter. Yeah. But it, it is but, the, just, a, just, and like I said, I hate it. The last thing I did, I need to solve it in the next one. Yeah. So immediately I'm working on the next one. Next is your one. process pretty regimented? The process is very fast. And it's because I figured out how to do it that makes it more sense for me. Like, I, you know, the, my, the first stage is, is uh, monotone 
solves all the value issues, composition issues, all the uh, harmonics and balance. So are you drawing in paint Draw, on a uh, drawing in blank paint panel? On a blank panel, but the paint is always a certain one tone, and mm-hmm. I make the tone. It's not out of the tube, and it's depend. That tone depends is dependent upon how the end color of the entire harmony of the painting will be. Mm-hmm. Because everything I put on top of that color is going to be influenced by, by that color. So it can't yeah. just be a, oh, I'll just use brown now. No, right. it's got to be for the end result of the painting. So everything right. I've done is, it, I just took my entire painting and broke it into stages that make sense through the entire situation. Yeah. And like once that dries, the second stage is just toning it with color to put color... Uh, like glazing with color, like staining it just yeah. to, to cover up the white space because I don't like painting on top of white and mm-hmm. then to, to put color in areas that will help push the color in the third stage. The third stage is usually just the putting the paint on, but it's already on top of all the other problems that were solved. Right. So now for me, it's just actually using the paint to finish up, which could, I mean, it could take from, you know, three hours to eight hours to 10 hours it, that's the worst part is if you don't, <laughs> I, I hate going back on top of it, but I'm starting to get over that and mm-hmm. trying new techniques. Like I said, always trying to yeah. do something else. Now I'm waiting for that stuff to dry and then doing different uh, translucent paints on top of it. Um, but still real fast. And it, I think it's just my personality and the wor- the way I work that has influenced that amount of work coming out so quickly. So you're kind of, dissecting the problem of creating the painting into different, like, I'm just going to solve for, I don't know, drawing right mm-hmm. now and, and value right now and then color. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to solve for edges and then I'm going to solve for texture and paint handling. And yeah. And the things I do in that first drawing stage are there, they, they'll be covered mostly, but they're yeah. there specifically to influence the, the last stages of the painting. So they're all very important stages. Yeah. They're all just very different. Um, and it was because, I mean, I would love to spend a month on a painting. I would love yeah. to do that just to see where it goes and what I can mm-hmm. do. Like, what if I just completely destroyed her face and then pulled some areas out, let that dry, paint it back. But I, I hate trying to find accuracy again in a cloud of wrong paint marks. Mm-hmm. I hate that. But yeah. I love the effect that it gives in people who can solve that. Like yeah. on old master paintings that have been repainted and painted and painted and painted. And you just see these gorgeous marks like, mm, how'd they get that? Well, they spent a lot of time on it and you don't because you suck. So that's, <laughs> it's, that's the internal battle. But uh, In New York, they had that... Um uh, at the, uh, the, oh, the unfinished the show. show, I love that. Met I went Brewer. to see it. Oh, yeah. Is it amazing? I loved so it. Good. There were so many things that I was like, oh, <laughs> all the <laughs> secrets. <how> <laughs> well, it's so funny to see how different painters solved. I mean, like Tintoretto and Titian, who mm-hmm. I thought would be have more in common, like started paintings in Completely exactly the different. opposite way. Or I the, mean, the some paintings that just had all the figures finished except for one. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, oh, I clearly see how you work. Yeah, but, exactly. Would <laughs> you die before you finished it, or just get tired and throw it out or, or that menzel painting it, it, that was like meticulously drawn, drawn and then out. really loosely painted uh-huh. on top oh they're so good that was <laughs> a really good show is there any part of the process that's not satisfying to you or is it all kind of have you know maybe different levels of satisfaction mm. but what's the most yeah. unsatisfying what's part the most of it? unsatisfying what's the most satisfying part of it but unfortunately it's so backwards the unsatisfying part is when the when i get too much like the last stage when there's just too much wet paint 
going in places I don't want to go and, yeah. and getting slippy and sloppy. I hate that. And my favorite stages are usually the first ones. The drawing stage. Yeah, I love those marks because it's, it's, it's very printmaky. It's, it's pure, pure mark paint marking. Yeah. So fun, too. Yeah. Like just the endless pot. Like you put something here and you're like, oh, man. I Done. Just, I'm, yeah. And the, but then it's your there. brain's like, but there's empty canvas. Right. Let's cover it. You're and, supposed to cover yeah. it. And that's why another reason why I started doing those composition series of just the Montone Cityscapes because I said, nah, fuck it. It's done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. and and then once it was accepted by myself i'm like oh yeah it is done i don't have to do anymore and those became a, another way of figuring out how to use those tools and now my struggle is to get those marks that i enjoy in the beginning stages to happen in the last stages mm-hmm. uh which is going to take you know just the some, idea of some experimenting experimenting <laughs> and the balls to go back into a painting you, you said was done right you know when you say it's finished well go destroy it and, yeah, you know, one of the best ways I found of doing that was by making the same painting two or three times, because then the third one's really you love the third one the most because it has the most confident marks because you yeah. solved it already two paintings ago, and then you can go to that one you started first and experiment on it. Yeah. I wonder if the if you kept doing that and you go to your third version of it that you'll look at it and say no these are all that that was all memory and not actual, you know, kind of uh, uh, emotional. And then you would look at back at the first one and be like, that's where the real marks are. This one is just more or less like a copy of the original thing. It's almost like we were talking about getting a brand new notebook, a sketchbook and being like, I'm going to fill this thing up with the coolest drawings. And you just end up not drawing in it. Mm -hmm. And then you take some Xerox paper, start drawing on that and you get your best, you know, your, your coolest ideas on that. Cause you're like, ah, I don't know. Just figure it out. I was just messing around, but it turned out to be the best thing you did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I wonder. I'm not saying I have the answer. <laughs> I know that's the, that's the thing is you can sit around and debate that stuff. Like we had the we had the debate once with a bunch of artists about okay, you you know when you're surrounded by other artists like in a studio situation and you can you can just you're tired of painting, you go into their their studio and like oh what are you working on and ah oh, you talk art and you get inspired and yeah. you learn new techniques and yeah. you see what they're working with and you take that back and you grow technically and in, and a little bit of inspiration based on what they're thinking but also what would happen if you go locked yourself up for two weeks in a cabin and just painted non-stop yeah. guaranteed with no outside influence guaranteed you would come up with some incredibly unique personal really interesting stuff on your own it may not be growing technically like you wouldn't have you may not start doing things that other people have done which is good yeah. so which one's better which is a better way to grow um I stuck with the locking yourself up stage, you know, like I, I mean, do at home anyway, but people. it's different for different yeah. people. And I've also been in studio situations where I walk around like, oh, that is such a brilliant way of doing that. Yeah. And you would have maybe never come up with it on yeah. your own. Yeah. Did you want to? Should you? Is it important to your art? Is it your style? Is it their style? Oh, who knows? Well, that's what, I mean, that's where uh, for me, like teaching or, or being taught was important, like when I went to study with, with Jacob Collins there, or, or at the Florence Academy, like they're just things that other painters thought of 500 years ago, 400, 300, 200, 100 years ago that developed over those 500 years. And I wasn't, I mean, they, when people tell you about them, they're fairly obvious, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to come up with no. that. <laughs> and it's important to build off of the knowledge that the artists have done before us. I, mean, I think so. They've yeah. done it. Like, just build off of it. Don't right. duplicate it and copy it and try to make it your own. They yeah. owned it. Yeah. But grow from it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you may just come out of that cabin and be like, I can paint 
And things like, that looks like a Rembrandt. Shit. No, just, <laughs> you didn't do anything. <laughs> so, I, I kind of just look at those. As, Ram who? Yeah. <laughs> who? Who's this guy? Like, he's long dead. <laughs> what? And then you just have a mental breakdown and you're in the hospital. Which is still an artist. But, you know. but I kind of look at some of those moments as just like a tool that you want to learn and use and put it into like, you know, a toolbox that you're collecting these things that eventually you can go into that toolbox and be like, Oh, that's not that unfamiliar of a tool. I kind of mm-hmm. know how to use it. And it's important to know a lot just, of the technical things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, in a way I, I see it's like, it actually frees you up, you know, to be able to do all sorts of things by saying, Oh, I kind of somewhat maybe mastered this tool or at least I'm relatively familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I can let my mind just go do some weird shit. Yeah. And you need to know knowledge is the, you, you need a strong basis of knowledge yeah. in order to start like, why all the big guns? If you don't have any ammo, like you need to know all these things yeah. so that you can push yourself. So if, if someone shows you glazing, like, Oh, this is boring. Or like how to do a, a old master painting. You need to know that so that you can, know it and then say, but I want to try something different, yeah. but it's based off of the knowledge. Otherwise you're just slinging paint around and acting like an asshole. Like you think you know everything. <laughs> right. Like knowing stuff seems better than not knowing stuff. Uh, much better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's funny is the, the flip side of that is when people want, will come up to me or any of us and say like, you know, what, you know, show me how to glaze or mm. something. Cause they think that's the secret. And I'm like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a tool. Mm-hmm. And if you know how to use it, great. You know, use it when you want to, but there's no secret. Oh, yeah. The secret is, is you got to kind of figure it out. And, and it's got to be explained to people so much. Everyone who wants to see a demo, it's like, that's, you're not going to get the secret. Shit, I know yeah. you're all looking for it, but trust me, that's not where it is. And I mean, there were many times where I asked my teachers, like, how do you, what are you doing? Show me. <laughs> and you watch and like, okay, I get it. But it just took you to a point where now you can paint like them. Yeah. And that's great. But then the secret is is more about talking about art and realizing, well, how do you actually paint like yourself, which is just a, such a conundrum. Like, I, don't, I can't learn from myself. Yes, you can. But how can I teach myself how to paint? And that way. But it has to be uh, an intelligent uh, uh, path that you take, not just a, like you said, you can't just start playing with shit yeah. without knowing how. You don't just, you know, can you drive to the store when you don't know how to drive? Yes, and just jump into the car, you'll get in a car accident. Figure it out. Yeah, you, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Have you ridden a bike before? There are two, two things where yeah. I feed, I'll figure, yeah. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Push and one. you will eventually die. So it's the same thing with painting. Like, you can't just jump in there and start slinging paint around and, and, and say that, like, oh, this is amazing. And everyone else looks at it and thinks it's not, but nobody has the balls to say it to your face. And then the rest of the world gives you only likes on your social media because yeah. there's no fuck you button. Yeah. And it's just, it's a terrible Except situation. Except for Twitter. <laughs> oh, they have that now? I think Twitter is a big fuck you button. Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> Twitter is just a big fuck you. <laughs> Do you see, um, is there a lot of artists out there? And they don't, you don't have to be specific or anything. Or Do you see a lot of modern things that are that can influence you as far as in a good way do you feel like there are people out there thinking kind of the way you're thinking not exactly but you know you're like oh that's really cool there's all these people out there really trying to push it really trying to figure stuff out mm. they're, they're, the the beacons it, of light in the art world are very rare so you're you're feeling yeah. um there's a, i mean there's a lot of really good painters and you know i like you've seen my library i love them all yeah, um yeah. but I, I take just like snippets from everybody it's usually the the really strange ones that you never hear but like that that photographer from czechoslovakia that long dead been what's his name again miroslav Tichy, and i found it in lowick uh the guy who did the documentary on me i found that book in his 
library and I was like, why didn't you tell me about who the fuck was this guy? I've been yeah. asking him how to, <laughs> how do I get film digitally to look like my film cameras? And, uh, he, <laughs> just like, why? And he's like, oh yeah, he's really good. And like, damn it. And, <laughs> but like the rest of the world found him. They gave him a show in New York. He didn't want to go. He was like, I don't care. They, you know, putting up his photos on gallery walls and white gloves and not touching them, selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then they're interviewing him and he's just throwing them into rat shit yeah. piles. And <laughs> he didn't care. And like, but his imagery and his life was inspiring and it came from way off the coast in the middle of, uh, Eastern European yeah. country. Every time I've gone to Russia and, uh, you know, anywhere, uh, in Eastern European has been incredibly inspiring because it's just, it's been blocked off to us for so long. So, yeah. And I spent a week in, in Italy painting with a bunch of painters from the, um, uh, the school of art, not the Academy of art, the school of art, the, like the actual Italian one the, with doors that butt up to the Michelangelo. And they're all, uh, painting in the weirdest ways that I'm so, unfamiliar with because they've had like what like, it's just incredibly their thought their thought process their thought process the way they're approaching how to make mark making because they had michelangelo they had uh, da vinci that painting's been done before and their country is proud of it so if you're an artist in that country you have to be better than them and a lot of people think that well painting like them is how you're going to master it and then become better they're going off in completely different directions that are very emotionally almost completely abstract paintings but there's something really intelligent about it because they come from that intelligent background and it's finding those little little like lighthouses out in the middle of nowhere like oh, yeah. that's a brilliant idea right mm -hmm. there there's true thinkers and like the the week of talking with phil hale was incredibly inspiring because we were all just sitting around and uh, yeah, you were describing it to us as far as his thought thought process what was that thought process oh again? god he would he it, to even try to explain it is, yeah but it's basically just like having the trust in what you think is is a good is good based on your own judgment mm -hmm. and your judgment has to be right. You know, if you like this image, then you like it. And for whatever reason, it may have, it may have a quality about it that you like, just accept it. Even if you don't understand why, Even you, if you don't like know it, you're why. just like, Oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. I don't know why it's just cool. Exactly. You can, you can dissect it later, but if you gut says, I like it, then stick with it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that will make a very unique, uh, artist out of anybody. But is that like you collect, kind of physically collect the idea or is it something you lock well for in your me brain? i think it'd have to be physically because Physical. i i mean or, or at least write down everything. everything you would forget everything, everything. and uh, writing does a lot of help for yeah because you can flip back through it and read and, and you know it's just even writing it down makes you remember yeah physically but i mean that's why there's so much shit in my house and on the walls is because it's there to remind me otherwise i would just be lost i wouldn't know what to do when you were when you were in italy and you're Talk, seeing those painters that you were talking about, what did they think of like your work, or not even your work, your thought process? I'm hoping that it's because they couldn't speak English so well that, that they, they didn't <laughs> rip it apart. So Quiet like, reverence. Uh -huh. I think, right? No, they're just they're probably like it's stupid. It's been done before. But, uh, they're like that's nice. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, bene. Yeah, bene. It's a hungry still. Like, why are you trying to put food in my mouth? <laughs> what uh, can you explain uh, how? The, the documentary on you came to be. A Solitary Man. Mm, yes. The, 
uh, I did a, I did one of the workshops in Portugal. Loic was at, but he was also at the one I did for a company that our friends were in charge of called Massive Black, was which was a concept art company mm-hmm. um, here in San Francisco. It was in L.A. actually. Oh, was oh, it? Well, no, it was here. There was one here, that and then I also Carl, did one in Carl L.A. Dobsky and Dobsky was the atelier that was associated with Massive Black, and Massive Black was a company that uh, so like the students from Carl's Cor- was atelier. Coro, Coro Coro, was there. It was in charge of the. Uh, the the company and like yeah. Westbur and like Kemp Bramalard, all these other oh, Carl Ortiz. They're all super talented, incredibly yeah. talented. It's because they have an academic uh, background, background. Yeah. Or, or at least have just had the work ethic to be so skilled at it. Yeah. And um, so like I was awesome to be in, in uh, to become friends with them and, and to be a part of their workshop. So Loic found me through that. And he just said, I love the way this guy paints and something about him. And he asked me, like, has he seen you physically paint before? Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's, that's what, how he... that's what hooked him. My little dance. And, then <laughs> he, and so he asked me like, you know, can I spend four days with you? And I thought that's going to be so weird. So weird. To... Was it weird for it you? So weird. Did you feel self-conscious oh, about t- like your movement? I eventually and... got over it. You Somehow, up. I just just tried to ignore it. Yeah, and it, did you try to spice it up a little bit for the camera too? <laughs> no, I couldn't because everything that came out of my mouth, like, oh, I'm, I sound like an asshole, <laughs> or like, oh, I sound so stupid. I should shut up. Can you please not put that in? The, I was going to ask him. I was just basically alcohol helped. <laughs> so a lot of the talks we would do were just late at night, just hours and hours and hours of talking into a recorder. Um, which was great because uh, it just got us chit-chatting. And he yeah. would, I mean, he's been a great friend ever since. And I, the only reason I agreed to do it with him was because his, I saw some of his films and his images, and they're gritty, and I love the look of them. Mm. And like, if I want somebody to do it, I would, I would want you. It was like aligned with your aesthetic. Yeah. It was, it, so I think we would have, you know, I figured like, okay, if, if I like your work, you like my work. I like who you are as a person. I think this could happen. You know, it'll be awesome. Yeah. So he found you through Massive Black. Is that how he? I, I think it was through the Massive Black workshop, which was in LA, which where, is where he's based. But oh, he also okay. went to the Portugal workshop, and I can't. I, th- I think it was. I also saw him at the Portugal workshop, and it just that workshop developed a family of artists all around the world that are really tight uh, just because the experience of that workshop is incredible and that was also one of the things that bound binded us together and again that workshop trojan you horse feel, you feel it was more of like a think tank than it was like hey watch you know jeremy get up there and and paint and wow you yes yeah, like well for the first two years when i was there it was do it like well the first year they asked me i'm like why do you want me here i don't know anything about digital <laughs> i draw like a baby if you give me a tablet yeah. and so i told him like all right i'll only go if carla goes because <laughs> i just want a friend there and then they invited me back the second year and i did a demo and were you doing demos drawing in t- like on a tablet or were you doing no, demos just I, drawing? I did drawing? a cityscape painting. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, uh, and I tried to, you know, I didn't get much time to talk about it, but everybody, you know, I just put my headphones on, turned around and like drank some wine because I was totally freaking out, yeah, nervous yeah. as fuck, and just like went into it. And and that's what demos are. Nah, it's yeah. so nerve wracking because you want to be like, you're not, you're going to see a mistake and you're, right. you're not going to know it's not going to be my mistake. best painting. It's not going to be my best. And it, it, if it's a piece of shit, it's still a good painting. You don't know how many paintings I throw out. And I think I just, I really wanted to just turn around and yell at everybody about that stuff. Yeah. And so afterwards, just yeah, just the audience. Well, the best thing was, in, <laughs> you uh, are all idiots. I know. And they gave me, uh, the third year, they're like, please come back. And I'm like, all right, 
but they're like, you're in charge now. You can do whatever you want. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, all right. So I'm like, no demos. No, I'm not going to do demos. Some people will do some demos. And the last, the last day I was, my class was called Brutal Critique, mm-hmm. where we, a bunch of us, <laughs> me and Nadezhda and Warning. Carla, just Warning. sat down. Like a bunch of people showed up. I'm like, all right, you, give me your book, your sketchbook. Show me your, your best thing, your favorite thing you've ever done. And they lay it out. And like, tell me a little bit about it. And, you know, like, that's not the piece I would have chose. I saw something else. It was a lot better. But tell me why you love this. And they did. And I, I grabbed an eraser and I, I erased part of it. And like somebody else <laughs> wow. grabbed a pencil. So I'm like, what are you doing? Like, fix this. Why would you do that? Just pointing out brutally yeah. things they already knew. And I think it was, they loved it. I made sure everybody hugged me afterwards because it was very important to, yeah, you know, yeah. to know that it wasn't aggressive just to be afraid aggressive. you were going to get stabbed you in any of the hugs? I was afraid someone was going <laughs> to cry. You were trying to be a dick just to be a dick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To, like, hell. But it, it, was, it was very uplifting. They would say, that is my favorite. I'm like, there's so much shit going on in here. Yeah. And then I'd flip to the back and like, look how beautiful this is. Why didn't you show me this? And then explain it in, you know, terms of because it leads you in here. It's peaceful. It's not too busy in the focal point. But they're uh, trying to probably impress you. Exactly. They're probably trying to get something that might have been technically the most or the most work put into it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's going to dig that mm-hmm. because he's going to recognize how long that took. But, you know, you being a thinker, you were like, no, see, I'm, I'm drawn to this. Yeah. And time doesn't matter. The more work you put into, into a, a piece of art actually makes it worse. Like if it took you, one painter two years to do a painting, that's incredibly amazing. And then it takes another artist two weeks to do a painting that is equally agreed to be just as, as masterful who's better? Like, it's like, why did you struggle so hard on this? Like figure it out and get it done. Uh, that's just the way I think. And it's, it's sort of the way that, um, to, to tell these students that, and to tell these people who are attending, um, there are more things about art than just working hard on something you need to, we set up these, uh, I was in charge. I did figure drawing sessions, which each night was themed. This was in Portugal. In Portugal. So there was three themes, the brothel, the war, and the afterlife. And the models were in certain situations and outfits and the lights. The second night was awesome because it was just a red light on a black and white stage. So you you can't see shit except for shapes. What a great way to learn how to draw. Everybody was most half the people were pissed like i can't see crap like good just draw the shapes yeah and you i didn't tell them how long the poses were so the model would move and be like well i'm fucking like i wanted to like well you should have had a good drawing from the beginning i mean that was something that rang true to me that whistler said the secret art is to make sure that it's you can stop at any moment and it's a good drawing so you start the important part and you get it done right and so I think when after, when one of the students or one of the attendees was like, I don't know how to loosen up my really tight uh, paintings. I'm like, oh, that's awesome you were here because when you were doing those short poses, you were probably getting like really like inspirational and you're just, you got no time. You're like, yeah, I'm getting this down. The music's blasting. Like, did you love it? And he's like, well, I didn't go. I was drinking beer. I'm like, you're a piece of shit. You are a piece <laughs> of shit because you should be there. That's why you're not an artist. Don't ask me how to loosen up your edges yeah. if you're not going to be spending the time to be an actual artist you're just trying to be a craftsman so i well, don't want to help you what they want and then is, let's they have want... a hug <laughs> and, you know, and like, but you know what i'm saying man i'm sorry give me a hug and he's like <laughs> i know and it's like yeah i know you do know but but it you, sounds you like you need it, people to yell at you yeah you, know? yeah. you need it, parents to slap you not really but you need you know you need to be no those harsh critiques harsh i mean i think stuff. people maybe just in our society today, I think maybe are a little too nice sometimes. Oh, it's too PC. And, it's too nice. It's yeah. too... And 
Like, it can a lot sound, of people want shortcuts too. They do, and they're lazy. Especially with art, but there aren't shortcuts. Like, there's there's aren't no shortcuts. shortcuts. Yeah. So it's just people want an easy answer, and there is no easy answer. Mm-hmm. And you can't be lazy, and you you have to spend. I mean, I remember like my first year when John gave me that show, and I, I had to get a job to support myself, and so I worked at an animal hospital for like nine to five. Oh my god, that would break my heart. Yes. Well, that was you know I got to <laughs> hug kittens and then watch other ones get yeah. Oh <laughs> so my god, like, that would kill me. But then I had to come home and paint. Until like four in the morning and other people, you know, I felt like death. I'm like, I can't do this. And you had to find a way. Yeah. And if you don't have that sort of brutal honesty about your life, then you're not going to get some easy answer and you're not going to see an easy answer in, in a demo. And that sort of thing needs to get, break through these really pleasant critiques that are happening in all the schools and everything. I mean, that's why I won't teach. I feel like I would just be too much of an asshole and, I mean, people, you know, people come looking for that and Mm -hmm. those people would find you, you know. Those are the ones you want to hold on to. The (laughs) the one or two in the crowd of 20. Yeah. But you got to be a dick to all of them, you know, (laughs) and then invite them to your birthday party and have the balls to be like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. But you know why I said you shouldn't be a painter, right? They're like, I know. I get it. I have a hard time. I was trying to balance it. And because I also, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like I have the authority to make a judgment on whether somebody should or shouldn't be. I mean, like. Well, so I don't know what I'm doing. What I'm are... trying to like, well, you know, you're doing this well, but you know, this, I think, hmm. let's talk about that. And you always have to feel like you back something up with, but that's just me. That's my opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> like there's a, and there are, there's a thousand different opinions and for I'm how every artist wrong works. wrong a lot. <laughs> I'm wrong. I may not be teaching you the things you actually as an artist need to hear, but that's your job to go find it. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's important for that's people imp- to remember. Yeah. It's your job to go find the artists that you want that inspire you and then to go find the things that inspire you as an artist and follow those yeah, not you be told what path. to do yeah a lot of people they want that easy answer they want to be told it's funny because sometimes people come up to me and they ask the question and I'm, I'm pretty honest about things and I would say I don't know and they're like they almost have like a shocking mm-hmm. look on their face because they think you know whatever if they like my paintings or something like that that I should have these answers and I'm like I don't know but if you, you know, figure, like, give me my money back. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> if you figure it out, tell me, cause I'm curious. Yeah. And they're kind of shocked again. Like you don't like you're open. I was like, yeah, I'm always like searching and picking people's brains or, but it, there's a couple of people who said that even just the idea of me saying like, I don't know, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out right now. And if you figure something out, let me know or a breadcrumb, I'll go on a path and I might go this way. You might go that way, but we might end up in the same place. Mm. And it's good. It's inspiring for them because they realize, oh my God, he's a human (laughs) and I'm human too. So I can get there as well and stop looking at, you know, there's no answer to all of it. It's like in the film when, excuse me, when uh, I threw away that one painting that went shitty and in the documentary. Yeah. in the documentary, the Lilac film. Um, and you, I love hearing in this crowd, I was like, Oh, I would have taken that. Like, you don't, <laughs> that piece was garbage and you don't understand. There are hundreds of those in the trash and people are like, I'm going to hang out in your trash. Like, don't there, you need, you make mistakes as artists. And it might f- visually look <laughs> cool for them, but you're telling them it was, I, I missed. I, I didn't hit the mark that yeah. I was going yeah. for. And I'm telling you that. And it's like, it, it looks okay to you because you don't know why it's wrong. Yeah. And it takes a, years and years and years to figure out why something's wrong. And be able to make that judgment upon something that everyone else thinks is beautiful and throw it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, that idea that we were, when we were talking about the TED Talks and, and Rodney Mullen, who's a uh, yeah. professional skateboarder, mm. a legendary skateboarder, and he gave this TED Talk about 
um, for him and his world about skateboarding, um, the thousands of times you fall down and just yeah. eat shit and how much it hurts and you get up and God, you do it again. So and important you get to remember up that. And you do it again and you get up and you do it again. And you say, and, why am I doing this? But, but then you get it and you're like, yes, but it is. But you know, people like, would be like, it's like some sadomasochistic thing that you just want pain. It's like, no, I don't want to hurt. I just want to keep there, doing this. I want to not yeah, hurt. I want to not hurt, but I still need to get this broken thing. arms yeah. and torn you don't ligaments know the on the way to, get to every, to yeah, every success is mm -hmm. like built on a giant pile of failures. Mm -hmm. And the, the failures in painting are the same as breaking your leg in, in skateboarding. It's, yeah, yeah. And then eventually just being like, I can't wait till it heals so I can go out and figure and do this thing. I even, I, I saw this one thing again on the skateboard analogy is this guy was trying to get this trick down. And again, same thing. He would just, I mean, brutally eating shit. Hmm. And then you would start seeing that his hair got longer and everything. So he was trying it and filming it over, over a, a long, long time, period yeah. of time. And That's then he awesome. finally got it. After maybe five minutes of watching, meaning it's five minutes of pop, pop, yeah, pop. Yeah. So it's like the hundreds of times this dude was doing it and he gets it. And you can just see all his friends freaking yes, out and going that. up to him and hugging him. And they're like, you did it. And it's like, all right, now on to the next. I show my I don't son repping did, those things all the time just to teach him like that's how it's like nothing. Nobody does anything great without a lot of failure on the way, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know. But, you know, I, I think I'll openly admit that I'm, I'm always afraid to, you know, eat shit. And it takes a little bit of but effort you're going to do it either this way. Day. Like just it, starting a painting, you're going to eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in here, I'm yeah. going to fuck up. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. hit it. But yeah. what you were saying about that, that idea of at any point of the, the, this painting, you, if, you were able, if you were stopped, there should be something awesome about that, that almost should say this is good enough at any point the stage of the process it's a very of, theoretical the, way of thinking about it but it means which is like great. that one mark you put down the first one you put down if it's lazy and half like well here we go for another 20 gonna, hours if that first one's lazy you know what that you are you've already fucked up i also the first feel one like you it, put down should be like oh that's just right and yeah. then you should just go from there like <laughs> every mark is just only right. goes up yeah. if you make a mistake like oh let's fix that just right and you should be able to stop it's I do, a, I I do mean, think I, about that because I would think about this like fear of, oh, I'm going to drive home from my studio and get into a car wreck and die or something like that. And somebody's going to come to my studio and see, a, you know, my stuff and they're going to be like, ooh, yeah. that's very good. Yeah. And I almost want to leave like things to say, oh, this guy, you know, hopefully he was capable from the beginning <laughs> to the end but a lot of times i feel like i'm not yeah. i look at it and i'm like Ugh, i mean it's, it's like when you flip through good. old master books and you're like they've had to do more than this yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. threw them out they threw out the ones that yeah, yeah. Like, there was that story yeah. of michelangelo burning, apparently like burning like all his, his drawings, drawings. Mm. he didn't want people to see thank that he god struggled. he didn't burn the libyan civil no oh, jesus but Ooh. imagine if he's like i'm gonna burn this because i don't want people to think that like i struggled like on this this passage or this line yeah leave it let people realize that you're you know yeah or, or but that takes so much confidence in yourself of just being like, I'm willing to be open and, and almost, you know. Well, it's like you said, like when they ask you a question, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, but it doesn't mean that that's like good enough sometimes to really just say I'm that confident. I mean, we're all still insecure, <laughs> you know, you know, basket cases. It'd be different if like, how do you do this? Like, don't need to know. <laughs> 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 Bitches. And then walk away. Huh? Drop, drop the brush. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could build up a following. Like, he is amazing. He never fucks up. Brush drop. <laughs> and then you're crying at home over wine. It's like, I, don't, I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> if they only knew. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like, I remember there was a Zorn 
uh, piece in the last Zorn show in San Francisco, and you read, and it's, it was clearly torn up, and somebody pieced it back together, and it was because, like, he tore it up, and his some one of his friends went he into the garbage, took it out, and played. Out. What is he thinking now? Like, you piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. But we're looking at like that's awesome. That's yeah. And yeah. He, did, he didn't want us to see that. Yeah. Sergeants like that. And too. Sergeant too. Do you think then we shouldn't see it? I mean, it's great for us, but mm. he didn't want us to see that. That's his work. Do you think it's kind of? I think for artists, for artists, for artists, it's good because we know that. You know, we can judge if if it's obviously known that didn't want to see it, or you can look at. He didn't want you to see it, though. Yeah, I like walking around museums and looking at it like this is this is a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And everyone else is like, "Ooh, wonderful." They look at the name and they're like, "It must be good." And there are definitely times when I go to things, I'm like, "I can do better." Yeah, and (laughs) that's what you don't want. That's who you don't want seeing those things (laughs) and accepting them as okay. (laughs) So we're all assholes. So like. uh, I'm like I'm putting out the next book I'm putting out is of my sketchbooks and I'm making a point to put one in like like it's like 400 pages in the first page, like book that is just garbage it's te- like I think it's stupid it looks like a four year old drew them like figures from traveling and all <laughs> this that is stuff. the first page you said it's like the first page so you want to open up almost and it's like 30 <laughs> pages of that just but it's <laughs> the, only gonna go up from there it's like you're saying like it's gonna get I'll, I think I should put on page 25 trust me it'll stick, get better. With me. stick with me hold on <laughs> yeah, you're bringing their expectations down yeah. almost to be like uh, and all yeah. of a sudden they're like whoa banger 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 yeah hopefully <laughs> but then I think the idea is to show that like you progress I mean you get at one point I thought this was good and now I think this is good last page and I guarantee you you know 10 years from now I'll be like God please I hope that book is burned you know it's important (laughs) to show that even artists grow every day every yeah I I mean I don't know if you guys do this but I look back at my old work and it looks so incredibly old yeah but to everybody else they're like oh I love this one yeah when did you is that did you just make that and you're like oh no I thought I got so much (laughs) better better. can't you tell that (laughs) it's it's not that's 10 years ago and they're like oh it looks like you just did it I tell a lot 10 minutes of effort Mm. I tell a lot of the students that um, I'm like keep your old work whether if you're gonna throw it away cool that's fine keep it for a really long time Mm because you're going to look at it and there's going to be you know even if it looks bad you're going to notice something in there we'll be like oh i kind of figured out this little part right here like the rest of it is bad but this part is pretty cool or at at the at the least you're going to look back and say look how much better i got and that's like inspiration to keep going you can actually judge yourself on something the journey it's like you know it may like you said it may be garbage at the time but you'll get something from it's like you know like uh how we all used to dress in the 80s like hammer pants that's not a good idea (laughs) but bagginess like i kind of like that or the shape or the color like that's crazy colors which influence things you may come up with now but it's just well, so diving back into the thought process then, which is so far removed from maybe what you're thinking about now, and you go back, and sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I forgot that I used to really think a lot about that, yeah. you know, and then you kind of cycle that back into, you know, through your looking back lens, and it's you a little bit different. You did that painting. At one point, you enjoyed everything about it, and so what at that moment was something about you that you enjoyed, and maybe yeah. you can glean something out of the past that is a part of you that you may have lost going through the journey trying to find yourself painting in ways that didn't that was more true to yourself yeah i mean you discard so much going forward you know year after year after year like you're cycling through so many ideas it's impossible to remember everything and Mm -hmm. you look back and you're like oh my god i wait when i was that age i was thinking about that really (laughs) do you ever look at anything or as oh that's too ambitious you ever limit yourself? Like, no, nah, I'm not going to work like 
massive because it's just that's not what you know it's, it's too ambitious i don't want to do that type of stuff it's it's out of my wheelhouse or is it like anything is possible anything is open anything, anything. i would love to do it like you know i would love to make a feature film i would love to i tried learning the piano once because i love uh, classical piano and I just realized that's a whole nother language yeah, but yeah. the things I learned from it were incredibly inspiring and, yeah. um, uh, like what what would be an example of like alright I'm gonna go and on this endeavor that might be kind of futile but you know what I took I got this from it oh massive multi multi-figure painting uh, a mural of yeah. uh, a, a, a feature film a music video love to shoot that yeah. but, but then I mean it's like I have to learn how to edit all that stuff and it's just that's inspiring. Like, language ooh, I can learn how I can learn this other language, yeah. which brings you into worlds that you didn't even realize existed. And I think that. Are you afraid that you'll go down another rabbit hole of curiosity that all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've neglected the <laughs> oh, thing yeah. that I'm really good at? Painting. Remember when Jeremy used to paint? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's he doing now? I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's got like, long hair and you think he's homeless, but he's, <laughs> he's making a movie. He says <laughs> out of a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah, and you come into his house and just all stuffed animals and it's really strange in there. <laughs> he's making shell art. I don't know exactly what ha how that happened. Seashells, we call them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I I can't see it going wrong if it's something that you really want to do. Yeah. I wonder if, but do you think everything you do, whether it's a movie, whether it's uh, playing the piano, whether it's do you know that it's going to come back to actually just painting because that's what you do, paint. I I sling paint around. That's what I'm a paint slinger. Or is right. it something where it's like, oh, all of a sudden you're making movies. And you're a filmmaker and you're, you're done with this part, this other thing, which was painting. Oh, I don't think I'd ever be done with it because there's something about the feedback and the physicality of it that I enjoy and love mm -hmm. in the same way that I love the instantaneous capture of a photograph. And they all have their, it's, and the way that words work in poetry that can't be done in any other yeah. uh, medium. Uh, I don't think I would ever drop it. I, and I think it is the one of the things that sings to me most yeah. is painting it, it's it just in my heart it's it's everything about me creating images making marks the physicality of it getting messy coming up with the idea and making it exist yeah. is incredible from nothing, from yeah. nothing. Yeah. and it will last forever Ever. when you can't stop exploring i mean it seems like tools and and just applying paint is something you're always going to like you're going to next time we come you're going to be using like truck tires to roll the paint on mm -hmm. or something <laughs> just driving back and forth. Yeah. You guys roll up, I'm in the driveway. What's up? I'm painting. I'm painting. Yeah. Oh, could you bring your car over here? No, keep going. Keep going. Perfect. Yeah. Now go forward. No donut for me. Yeah. I'm just telling other people to drive. Just put a canvas out in the street and just watch. Yeah, but it, it's more of the, uh, I think that's just, it, there's something so tangibly amazing about being able to get your brain out onto something that exists physically yeah. that a lot of people don't get that connection. You know, a lot of people who aren't painters or, or who aren't image makers or who don't make music. Um, I almost feel bad for people a little when they bit. don't know. I mean, I, I, I envy them because they don't know the pain, but they also feel so bad for them because you don't know, like, the pleasure. I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh, making something from nothing. Well, also, it didn't I mean, exist until I made it. Paintings just sit, that like a film will sit with you, but the painting just sits there, you mm. know, forever, and you can keep going back to it, you know, and I, I think that's... Uh, for me, as a, as a, you know, I mean, I, I went to film school, did animation and, you know, explored a lot of different things. But for me, always like the fact that the painting stays there. Physical. And it, it's physical, this. but it changes, you know, as you come at it with different, you know, I don't know, idea. I mean, I go back to the same paintings at the Metropolitan mm -hmm. and every time I see different things in them and they're different, you know, from, from you know, from my perspective, they change 
radically from, you know, from one year to the next. Yeah. And, and just the fact that you understand what it's like to look at a painting and see that the artist is standing where you were standing now yeah. is yeah. such a connection that most people don't get. Yeah. So it, it's great to, to actually make that physical thing that hopefully lasts forever, you know? Yeah. There is a, a few times I would go and jump on what you were saying ted is i'd go to let's say a museum and see a painting and be like blown away by it and then keep go visit keeping uh Mm -hmm. going back to visit the thing over and over and then you're kind of eventually you're like i've seen it so much and then you're like ah it's it's okay i'm I'm like maybe i can do better and then like something happens or there's a gap and you go back years later and you're like whoa i did not see it like this yeah Yeah. and i is it i'm not better than that like there it, it it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. There's so much to discover. <laughs> I remember too. seeing artists who I'm like, oh, I hate that guy's work. You and see like, in the museum, like, like oh, I know him, I don't like him. And then like 10 years later, like, fuck, that this, guy's yeah. incredible. I just discovered like Fragonard, like drawings. Right? I had no idea. It's incredible. And uh, God, I can't remember the name of the guy off the top of my head, but like, I remember seeing his paintings, but like, oh, these are stupid. And then coming back and seeing him in person so again, it's like, all right, now I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was stupid. Yeah. But do you yeah. think it's just because you've matured as a as as an artist, and all of a sudden, yeah, you got it, closer it re- to something revealed itself. You to got you. closer to the thing that he was or is saying to the to the to the world, and you got you got to taste it. You yeah. know, everyone else is just seeing it, but they're not actually understanding it. You've got you've grown in those years that you go back to and be like. Oh, I get it. You're fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why you love it so much more is because you have the knowledge of why it's so good. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we, uh, we should probably. Yeah. Thank you right so here. much for welcoming us into your amazing home. Yeah. It's beautiful here. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I wish I could tell everybody to come and visit. No, but the shouldn't come. <laughs> well, he lives at <laughs> the house with all the windows blacked out. Yeah, it's he, not he's that the hard serial to find. killer at the end of the, <laughs> in the secret basement. Yeah, it clearly looks like a serial killer lives there. So just walk into any house that looks like that <laughs> and see what happens. Like, do you make art? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, come you on in. Come and see it. Mm-hmm. Come they smell my chemicals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's got lots of chloroform in the. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's you know photo development equipment. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for uh, letting us in and, and really kind of sharing a lot of your, you know, your thoughts and your inspirations. Of course. I love talking to you guys. Yeah, thanks like for being so open and, and thanks for opening your house to us. Of course. <laughs> Where can people find your stuff? You know, besides my just Googling. art or like my personal s- Not your personal <laughs> stuff, but your art. And, cause I know Whatever you, have, you want them to find. Where can they find like your trash? <laughs> <laughs> but there may be some mm-hmm. uh, cadaver parts. So you I'm buried in the backyard. Just <laughs> buy the house when I'm done with it. But you have books and. and yeah, the and books, the books, the, 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 the main massive, obnoxiously large book is available at 827inc.com. Okay. Uh, is it all through your website? Can they? No, get that's to my it? friend's uh, Ryan Malley's website. Okay. Um, he he does, deals with a lot of prints with other artists, and uh, he's a really good guy. And the other artists he represents are also really good. And I we work together on making the book, and so he's just selling it through the online because mm-hmm. it's easier that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we made the book to, to I wanted to be as big as possible and as cheap as possible because mm-hmm. I love art books and yeah, you know, no yeah. black and white shit on things that should be color and yeah. make them big, not real small. Um, right, like Dean the, Cornwell. Yeah, somebody heard him. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the plain air book is is at the galleries at John Pence at, at Maxwell Alexander at Principal Gallery and at the Ob Joyful Gallery in 
around all that information can be found on on the webs on my website on your website. which and, is uh, redrabbit7.com redrabbit7.com and the the sketchbook is coming out next year the rest of the days when i'm not time when i'm not painting during the day it's it's for the the creating and the inspiration and the research and the talking you know? yeah i think that's and the traveling and the becoming aware of things and the, the learning R&D. which is just as important you know one quick question even before we go that mm. i forgot to ask you do you work uh, because you, your volume is 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 really big. Do you work on more than one painting at a time, or is it? Do you all mm. go all in on one and and then? It's usually for the most part, it's all in on one at a time. But the the process, I mean, like to draw us a, a painting, a, draw with paint any size, is only a few hours. Like yeah. Six by six to four by four is only a few hours. So what do I do with the rest of the day? I'll I'll do one or two more. Okay. Um, it's just I know that if I have five or six or seven in the works. One or two of them are going to die. Uh, it's, mm. I can't keep, I can't feed the milk to all the kittens at the same time. Course, so yeah. one, one or two of them is going to lose my interest. Um, it's also that amount of energy that you're putting in. I feel like you kind of get kind of tapped out. Oh yeah, it hurts. Like my eyes hurt all day long. I'm uh, so tired of just being looking at stuff, at painting, at thinking, and it's uh, so to to just limit myself to two or three for the most part. But I always got to finish one. You know. N- wholeheartedly if it sits around for too long i know it's going to die uh because i like i said i want to move on to the next thing after i finish a painting so you never come back like oh i started this a year ago and i'm gonna all of a sudden nah, like i think i've done it, it once or twice it's not comfortable it was just like one that i set aside like i know that's good i just i can't for some reason right now i, I can't get to it that. so uh, but usually if i come back to something it just goes in the trash yeah, and when you solve problems, is it just, is it through like action? Like you're sitting there attacking the canvas with paint? Cause I, I'm finding increasingly like I'm actually sitting back and just thinking, looking yeah. and not painting, but just like, how do I deal with this? Like, yeah. what do I do? And it, it, that takes longer and longer. That's the important, the, when that's a good thing, when the thinking takes longer and longer is, yeah. is you know, you've got that back of, of, of experience, which yeah. is incredibly important. And, and I know for me, like, yeah, it's in there, paint, 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 paint. But at some point I feel like I'm going to throw up because I haven't eaten. So I go <laughs> get a sandwich. And then when you come back in and you're like, oh, and that's when you yeah. know, sit there and look at it and think a bit. And that yeah. becomes longer and longer and longer. I like to do that before I start painting yeah. to get that out of the way. Really, right. really right. figure out the, the reference in the sense that I am incredibly passionate about that 80% of the painting comes before you even... yeah start painting yeah uh and before you even take the photo like the the setups the learning the light making the camera getting everything i need finding the dresses like i mean it's so weird like all the time i spend looking for women's clothing online (laughs) (laughs) i mean my girl's happy because she gets to wear them all but like still it's like uh i it's incredibly important to find the thing that has the right luster and the right look and then find a model who is not a, a a all the words that just almost came out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's somebody that yeah. I want to work with, the personality that I mesh with, because yeah. that's the person I want to paint. I don't want to study somebody's face who I think is annoying or, or, yeah. or rude, you know. So all of that effort and then setting up this, the room, the lights, the develop, all that stuff. I try to solve all that thinking that happens, you know, the rest, like to sit back and look at a painting and judge it while you're painting it is relatively easy if you just look at it formally. Like, what's wrong? unbalanced yeah. put your finger up here does it look better yeah no yeah okay something needs to go there yeah darker or lighter darker good go do it and then <laughs> yeah but by doing all that because painting is hard enough you're you're kind of limiting the the ability for it to fall apart you know often or something like that so if you can kind of just 
give yourself like a barrier and say, okay, like if I just keep on doing this, I'll figure this part out, I'll figure this part out, I'll figure this part out, and then I can just be free to do what I want to do. Hopefully it just keeps it from, keeps it within kind of between the ditches a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're not going all over the place, which is just stressful. Like, yeah. why do I suck at this? Why did I suck at that? You, yeah. you can actually look back like, well, I know I suck at this because of this, which is a good thing to be able to do yeah. Yeah, 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 to know yeah. why you suck. Yeah. A lot of people need to know why they suck. The world would be a better place. <laughs> Again, know why you suck. Know why you suck. <laughs> that'll be my, that'll be my book I write, but it'll all be in poetry. <laughs> I think you could, I think a lot of people could benefit from just yeah. that. Yeah. So if you, you get suck. one thing from this podcast, know why know you, you suck. suck. We're going to entitle and this podcast, know why you suck. And then fix it because you'll be better, you'll be a better painter. <laughs> See, and I'm going to sound like such an ass. <laughs> you want to listen to Jeremy Mann talk about why you suck? Yeah. Embrace <laughs> being an asshole. I know, it's a good thing. We need more the world needs well think, maybe i don't well, know yeah. <laughs> well good. I, let's yeah. say the world needs more good assholes yes they do there we go yeah. that yeah that sounds weird too but like, yeah. <laughs> it's gotten it's, it's way off the rails all right well thank you jeremy yeah, so much you thank you so much <laughs> all right all right that was awesome how long was that